What's up, guys? You're listening to the Just Jake podcast entitled, That's My Family? Where I interview my closest family members about their lives, where they grew up, trouble they got into, and so, so much more. So please sit back and enjoy the show. What's up, guys? So this is uh, my first episode um, that I've ever done, and... I wanted to start this series off by, first of all, saying thank you for everybody who's shown me support and love already for this. Uh, I've gotten a lot of great feedback, a lot of great insight from a lot of you guys, and I I really, truly appreciate it. Uh, Podcasting has been a major thing in my life for the past year or so. I listen to a lot of different ones, probably about 10 or 12 different podcasts uh, every week, and uh, kind of fell in love with it. It made me want to do my own. Um, so here I am. Uh, so I wanted to start my start this series off by giving you guys my story, so that you guys kind of feel a little more comfortable, a little more, more, little more willing to uh, open up to me uh, and, and to the, the to our listeners here. Um, you know, so just, I'm gonna just jump kind of straight into it. You know. I mean, I don't remember a lot from when I was little, but then again, who does? I mean, I, I just like anybody else, I, I've heard stories and stories of when I was young, but uh, kind of like the, the time I drank my mom's uh, boyfriend's spit bottle and I turned green from head to toe. Time uh, my mom smelled something burning and found me roasting a piece of squared American cheese on a space heater until it was blackened and boiling. But... Really, my story starts February 24th, 1995, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, my mom and dad, Sandy and Ken, and was, um, I have two older brothers, uh, biological older brothers, Nick and Brandon. My parents were divorced when I was little, and, I have, and both eventually got remarried. Uh, my dad went first, and he married a woman he met from his work who had four daughters, Winnie, Brittany, Emily, and Dakota. And for a long time, I did not enjoy the fact that I was no longer the youngest child in the house. Uh, I had to share the attention, and I tried. Uh, I had to share the attention. I, I tried stealing from my brothers, with my newfound little sisters. I resented that. For me, life at dad's was pretty hard. I didn't get along great with my new sisters, and I didn't. And I was always getting blamed for something. It seemed like. My dad and I were never really that close, and I don't think we had much in common. I know he loved me as much as any dad should, but I always felt uh, that I had to be in defense mood when I was at his house. We would spend every summer there, and you know, we we travel back and forth uh, from uh, Florida to Tennessee. And then my mom, uh, she got remarried, and t- for me, mom's was home. Uh, I felt safe, secure, loved, and I got all my attention back. But eventually mom got remarried too, to Jamie, who had one daughter and one son, Kayla and Jimmy. Oh boy, I'm not the youngest again. But this time was a little different. The house we lived in was small, four boys packed into one room, two bunk beds, three dressers, TV. (laughs) It, It was crammed. But we made, the, made it work, made the best of the situation. 
Kayla was lucky enough to have her own room, you know, due to being the only girl. Lucky her. But with the newest additions to an already long list of siblings, I found a lifelong best friend in Kayla. We were inseparable. We did everything together, talked about everything, and I was only partially bitter that she was older than me by 45 days. Still kind of am. But me and Kayla had some crazy times. Like this one day, not long after we all moved in together, I had some fourth grade drama with another neighborhood kid. And at the time, he could have whipped my butt three ways to Sunday. Anyway, this one day he got the chance and we were we were arguing about whatever it is is escaping me now. But Cameron planned to beat the crap out of me the second we got off that bus. And I probably deserved it. But Kayla, being the oh-so-fearless and protective big sister she was, stepped in the middle and prevented the inevitable butt-whooping I was destined to have. What a great sister, you may think. And you'd be right. But what ten-year-old little boy wants protecting from his sister? In the moment, I'm certain I was thankful for her bravery, but, but the moment we made it home, I was furious. I didn't want her to save me. That was more embarrassing than getting my butt kicked by the neighborhood bully. But looking back, I'm thankful yet again for her being a good sister and stepping in and stopping the butt whooping I was sure to receive. The remainder of elementary school went about like that. Some kid bullied me. I was too afraid to fight back. So I got pushed around a lot. And naturally, that bled into middle school. Sixth grade, I was just some nerdy boy with glasses and no one, that no one ever really cared about, cared to be around. I was definitely not the popular kid. Seventh grade was honestly more of the same. Then came eighth grade. Eighth grade, I actually stepped out of my comfort zone and I went and played soccer. I really wasn't that great at it. I had fun though. Uh, I got into soccer because of a close friend of mine from back then. His name was Michael Cox. He and I hung out a lot and he was always playing soccer he was really good at soccer he was forward he was great so I decided to try out too somehow made the team and rode the bench for the most of the for the majority of the season and then on my birthday that year eighth grade my birthday we're playing I think it was Kernan Middle School and I looked up at Coach C, which, great coach, great teacher. He was my math teacher. He was awesome. Coach C, I said, Coach C, Coach C. He's like, what's up, man? And this is in the middle of the game, so, you know, he's not really wanting to pay attention to me. I said, you're going to put me, you're not going to put me in on my birthday? He's like, oh, it's your birthday? Oh, come on, let's get in there. So, Coach did the coolest thing, one of the coolest things anybody ever did for me on my birthday, and he let me choose what I get to do and threw me in the game knowing I definitely did not deserve it and I don't think we were winning by much in like maybe three to two we we didn't have a tremendous lead for him to trust me with that so I, I typically played right defender but he uh he put me in as a double stopper and I had a blast I, I was able to run all over the field steal the ball kick it downfield you know get the ball to the forwards that was my job and he, after the game, he told me I did actually really well. And he wanted to leave me in that position the rest of the year. Well, I definitely didn't expect that. But 
either way, had a great time with it. High school for me was a uh, definitely a growing period. Definitely went through a lot of different stages. Some of, some of which I'm still embarrassed about to this day. But all in all, uh, high school was was pretty good for me. Um, ninth grade, still kind of nerdy. ROTC kid. I moved up quick in the program. Tenth grade, not really much there. Um, at school anyway. And then, you know, 10th grade is when I got my first job working at Chick-fil-A. And it was awesome. Uh, 11th grade, still kind of, 11th grade is really when I came into my, my own. Um, and decided I, I didn't really care what people think anymore. Even though I, uh, I had plenty of reasons to be embarrassed of myself, I'm sure. Um, the later end of high school was a great time though, uh, thanks to just a couple people, uh, Chris Jackson definitely being one of the more important ones to note. Chris was, and well, still is one of the most, uh, one of the best friends I've ever had. Uh, he never treated me badly. He was always himself and I appreciated that. He helped me through a bunch of times. Uh, hard times and was always someone I could depend on he was never really uh, for me going into the military because that was my plan was ROTC and then military he never really seemed to be on board with that um, now I'll look at him he's in the army <laughs> he's doing big things in the army uh, and I'm proud of him. Um, one of the most important things I can say about high school, though, is that's where I met the most amazing, beautiful girl I would ever meet. Cheyenne. <laughs> we met in 11th grade, and I immediately tried hitting on her, and it worked. So we talked for a while. Never actually dated. And then uh, I did one of the dumbest things I ever did. I dropped her, ghosted her for another girl. Big mistake. So, into 12th grade, senior year, I'm all signed up for the Army, ready to ship out June 11th. Me and Cheyenne meet again, homeroom. She was still this super awesome, beautiful girl that I stupidly let go the year before. She was a great person with outstanding character, and I broke her heart in 11th grade. And here she is, treating me as if it never happened. So I told her that I thought it was pretty cool that we could still be friends. And uh, I really admired her for the character she, the good character she showed by acting as if, you know, things never really went bad between us. And somehow um, I was able to get her number and convince her I was worthy of her talking to. And uh, as of today, the rest is history. We've been together almost nine years. It'll be 10 years in November. Uh, we have been married for five of those years. Uh, we have two beautiful kids, Brantley and Braylon. We have definitely had our ups and downs, mostly my mistakes that have pushed us away from each other, but we never let us keep it down. We always figure a way through whatever comes our way. 
We're always using each other to learn and grow and explore our every interest. We're always encouraging each other, I, I should say, uh, to, to learn and grow and explore our every interest. We have worked hard for the relationship we have, and I'm proud to be a part of it. Our kids have brought so much joy and laughter and love into our lives. We focus uh, our lives on and around our family. And that's honestly uh, part of why I'm doing this exact podcast. I want my kids to be able to sit down and listen in 15 years and hear the stories of the people who love them most. Um, So after high school, me and Cheyenne, about a year after, uh, we moved in together after really she took care of me uh, pretty heavily uh, for a a year. you know, I was working for a plumbing company, not making much money, and I was driving this big 95 Bronco. It was a gas guzzler. I was paying rent to my parents. Um, I had a phone bill. I had insurance. I had all this stuff, and I couldn't keep up. I was only making uh, 8 50 an hour or something like that, Eight fifty, nine fifty an hour, and on top of that, we were wanting to go out every weekend and party and go on dates and, you know, do normal day-to-day stuff. And Cheyenne carried me through a lot of that. Uh, she still worked at Chick-fil-A, I believe, and um, made decent money there. And she, she really didn't have as many bills as I did. She still lived at home with her dad and her sisters. And I, uh, I definitely depended on her <laughs> for a while. Um, and without her, I, w- I would definitely not be in the place I am today. Um, but after a while, about a year of that, um, we, me and Cheyenne moved into an apartment with, uh, Austin and Vanessa, uh, two of our best friends, uh, especially at the time. Uh, we hung out with them just about every day, if not every other day, we were staying the night with them anyway, most weekends, um, you know, we were partying with them, we were doing, if it, 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 you typically didn't see me and Cheyenne without seeing Austin and Vanessa as well. So we decided to all four move in together, split the rent 50-50 per couple, and that worked out really well for a long time. Uh, we moved in, I don't even remember what month, and... Um, we lived there for a year and things were good. We had, we were the house to be at. We were the party kids. Um, we had, uh, parties and everything. We were every weekend. We were drinking. We were doing extracurricular activities. We were doing everything and it was fun. It was a great time. It taught us how to be on our own and how to, uh, pay bills and, you know, not depend on mommy and daddy to, to be there for everything. Um, it was honestly a, a vital part of the relationship me and Cheyenne have built. And boy, did we have some crazy things happen while we lived there. Um, one that is probably the most notable that sticks out in my head was we, we had a couple friends. I'm not going to say any names. Um, we had, we had a couple friends who, um, they were a couple, um, a guy and a girl who, um, were not always the best to each other. What I mean by that is they, they would 
hit each other and yell at each other and cuss at each other. Just definitely, to me, was not a very healthy relationship. And they argued one night over the, the girl that he was with thought that he might have stolen a hundred bucks from her. And <laughs> they argued and argued and argued and she went outside and looked for the money and came back in and still was yelling at him. And they were in the other room and we heard like this ruffling uh, around. We had a pool table and so we heard our pool sticks kind of rattle in the corner. And we're like, what the heck's going on? So I come around the corner and I see her choking him and that I I can't stand for that. I don't know what happened before I walked in the room. You can tell me all day long, but I didn't see it. So, uh, and to be honest, I was closer with him than her. I don't I don't really even never even really knew her. She was just there because he was there. So, uh, I told her she needed to leave, and you know you're not going to do this kind of these kind of things in my house. You need to get out. And she lost her mind screaming, cussing, knocked over uh, water cups and stuff. And uh, then, you know, she slammed the door on her way out. And um, I locked the door right behind her. Like, as she walked out, you know, the door was deadbolted. And the second I turned around to, you know, talk to everybody else that was still in the house, um, she busted out her our front window on our door. And then she ran. Well... I, I'm, I don't know about you, but I can't let that kind of thing happen. So uh, not, you know, without her paying for it or, you know, something's got to happen. You're not getting away with this. So I did what I think any sane person would do, and I called the police. And police came, and he ended up arresting both parties. And, you know, we were kind of just left to fix the window ourselves. So the next morning, me and Austin get up to to go to Ace Hardware to get us a piece of glass to, you know, repair the window that she broke. Well, we walk out in the parking lot, and what do we find right next to her car and really Austin's truck that she claimed that she thought she lost the night before? That $100 bill. So guess what paid for our window? That $100 bill. That $100 bill also paid for some beer for that weekend, too. Um, so good times. Good times there. But after that, we uh, after we moved out of there, our lease was up probably not too long after that uh, crazy story there. Um, our lease was up, and we moved out on our own. Each couple went their separate ways, and honestly, we kind of had some falling outs. And... Um, so me and Cheyenne moved in uh, by ourselves and kind of lived that way for a while. And then her sister came and lived with us. And uh, then we got pregnant. We moved into the, our old house that I grew up in because uh, my parents were no longer living there. And then moved out of there, moved back into an apartment, then moved from the apartment up to uh, a bad part of town. Then from the bad part of town, moved uh, to where we're at now. Um, but we, we've, so we've done a lot of moving. We've done a lot of, um, jumping around, but we're finally in a, a nice home that we're still renting for now. Um, but we're, we're, we're stable, we're comfortable 
And, you know, Cheyenne's a stay-at-home mom, and I'm sure, you know, when you guys listen to her episode, she'll tell you more about that. Um, but I, I currently work for Comcast. Um, I've worked there for five and a half years. Uh, I'm a technician, so I can install, fix, replace anything to do with cable, internet, um, home security, and phone systems uh, through Comcast. Um, I love the company. They've always treated me well. Um, and honestly, I hope to, to be able to retire from them uh, one day. So, um, you know, that's that's pretty much my story for now. Um, I've got, got you guys kind of the, the baseline uh, story here. And, you know, uh, the, the kind of layout of this podcast, kind of what I want to do with, you know, everybody that gets an opportunity or gives me the opportunity to bring them on uh, is kind of what I just did here. Give, give you know, a, a decent amount uh, of information about your life, your basic storyline here. Um, maybe the, a little couple stories thrown into the middle. And now the, the second half of this is going to be me sharing some of my favorite stories of my life. Um, and kind of some just random ones for you. Um, so to, to start it off, I want to tell a story that um, I've told several uh, of my closest family and friends. And that story is it involves me and my dad. Um, so my dad was <laughs> an interesting person. And he did not like a lot of animals. Um, he especially did not like cats. <laughs> so especially cats that uh, have a tendency of digging through trash and tearing up the trash cans outside and making a mess for him to clean up. And so when he, I probably wasn't any older than nine or ten years old, and we at my dad's house they had a couple cats. They were named uh, PJ. Uh, like peanut butter and jelly, PJ, and Wigger. Um, not the best choice in names. Uh, I had nothing to do with the, the choice in names. Uh, that was all my dad. And um, so anyway, he the, these cats um, got into the trash for one last time. My dad lived in you know Columbia, Tennessee, out in the, the you know sticks, and so. He uh, he got pissed off when he pulled in the driveway and saw all these the the two cats had torn up the trash again, and so he yelled at me, nine or ten years old, just doing what his daddy tells him to do. Yells at me and tells me to um, pick up one of the cats. You get him, I'll get him. So I got PJ, threw PJ in the trunk like my dad told me to, and we get in the car and we start driving. Now again, my dad already lives in the sticks. But we drove for about 15, 20 minutes further into the sticks, away from the city. (laughs) So we drive, and we drive, and we drive. We probably went at least 10, 12 miles. And then all of a sudden, Dad pulls over on the side of the road. And where he pulled over at, there's a big cornfield. And there's a ditch. Like So you pull over, there's a ditch, and then there's a big cornfield. We got out, and Dad said, grab one. Okay, I grabbed one, and my dad went and slung that cat as hard as he could out into the corn. He told me to do the same. 
well, my throw obviously at nine years old was probably not as intense or far as his. So I kind of tossed mine just right across the, the ditch. We got back in the car and we drove home. Well, my stepmom was not too happy when she got home later that evening and realized, oh, the cats, uh, where's, where's the cats? Well, they must have ran away or gotten eaten by a coyote or something. You know, my dad would obviously lie to her about it. And I want to say it was like a week or two, maybe later, um, one of the cats made it home. <laughs> so it, it found its way all the way back to, to my dad's house. And whew, I am sure that did not make him happy. Did he do what he did again? No, he, he did not. But he definitely was not happy that the cat made it back to the house uh, for the second time. And he, he definitely was probably pretty pissed off about that but that doesn't i hope that doesn't uh kill anybody's uh view of of who i am um i'm definitely not that guy i will not take a cat and throw him into the into a cornfield and just just to get away from or get rid of them uh that's definitely not me <laughs> um just doing what my daddy told me to do uh speaking of my dad uh, i got another story for you that involves him um, and for some of you listening, you may not know this part of me, uh, but I'm going to share the story because it, it's a good story. It's a funny story, but it's, uh, it's also a, uh, kind of tells who I was at the time. Uh, so, you know, I told you guys that, uh, me and Cheyenne lived with Austin and Vanessa and on my birthday when we lived there, um, I did something that I don't normally do, uh, even now. Still don't normally do this. Uh, I part, partook in some uh, extracurricular activities, uh, some marijuana. And as we all sat down to smoke some marijuana, uh, my dad called me to wish me a happy birthday. And so I answer and I'm talking to him and the uh, uh, marijuana was passed to me. It was my turn to hit it. And I took a big hit. And I started choking. And my dad had no clue what I was doing on the other end of the phone. And uh, he said something to me. He said, uh, like, as I was coughing, he said, uh, Dang, Jake, you sound like you uh choking on a blunt. You smoking some weed over there? And, of course, me being under the influence and high, I started laughing. But um, I coughed it out and told him, no, I was choking on a peanut. Um, and that has become a staple saying between me, Cheyenne, Austin, and Vanessa. That's one story we will never forget is that my dad called me out and I lied to him telling him I'm just choking on a peanut. I definitely do not think that my dad bought that even for a second. <laughs> um, but that is that is definitely one of my favorite stories, especially of my dad and of uh, the, the apartments with uh uh, Austin and Vanessa and Cheyenne. So yeah, that's a, a really good story. I really like that one. Um, so the next story I want to tell you guys uh, is another crazy one. Uh, definitely um, not one of our better moments. Um, but we, we had a party one night. Actually, it wasn't our party. It was a friend of ours party. Uh, Ronaldo. Shout out to Ronaldo if you're uh, you're listening, bro. Um but it was at his house. Uh, some he threw some party, and 
some random kids showed up, and nobody knew who these guys were. And uh, long, long, long story short, they steal Austin's whole case of beer. And they would have gotten away with it. Like, they nobody even realized what the heck was going on until it was pretty much until they were halfway down the street with a, a almost full case of beer. And uh, <laughs> they would have gotten away with it for sure, uh, except they left one of their friends behind. Uh, they did not tell him what they were doing, and he definitely, you could tell, was none the wiser. He had no clue what was happening. He kind of figured it out as we were figuring it out. And he uh, he was cool. He's like, look, man, I'm not... I didn't do what they did. Like, I had nothing to do with it. Like, clearly, you know, they left me here. So, um, you know, that definitely was not my idea and definitely did not want to be a part of that. He, he was almost, he almost seemed embarrassed. Um, but then, of course, you know, he's got to figure out a way to get out of the situation and get back to his friends because they were his ride and, you know, he didn't want to be stuck at this party with a pu- bunch of people that were pissed off with his friends. And so he tried to be real sneaky and say that, uh, I think he said he had like an Uber driver coming to pick him up, but the Uber driver said he had to pick him up at the end of the road. So he was just going to walk down there and like calmly tried to walk away. And we realized we caught on pretty quick what was happening. So, uh, he bolted, took off to meet his friends at the end of the street, who I'm sure he was secretly texting with telling them to come get him. And uh, me, Austin, a couple of the guys, Colby and Kai, uh, jumped in uh, Colby's truck and we went after him. And no clue what would have really happened, but we, we chased them. This, if you're familiar with Jacksonville, we were on Kern, or off of Kernan Boulevard. We chased them down Kernan to JTB, JTB to 295, 295 all the way to San Jose. Um, there's a Publix down, uh, I think it's uh, to the west of, of 295. Um, but you, you drive down, the, or actually, I'm sorry, it's to the south. South of 295 on San Jose, there's a Publix. And we pulled into that parking lot, chasing them still. And Colby could have killed them. He could have T-boned them in the middle of that parking lot. And we could have gotten a case of beer back, beat them up, whatever. Uh, but Colby refrained himself, thankfully, because I did not want to be a part of a quadruple murder. Um, stopped himself, thankfully, and they took off again. The The chase was back on. And when I say chase, I mean, we were running 80, 90 miles an hour down 95 and, or 295. Like, th- th- this was a full-on, like car chase like out of a movie tires squealing um you know we we were gonna probably go to jail that night if it would have went on any longer uh and especially because we might have just been 21 but i don't think we were i don't think we were even 21 yeah we definitely weren't 21 yet we were probably 20 years 19 20 years old and running after kids for stealing our beer when we're underage as well, we were definitely going to go to jail if this would have went on any longer. Uh, but eventually we lost them. They got back on the interstate, and they they eventually got away. 
And that that was probably one of the craziest nights because we got back to the party and we still continued to party all night. We had a great time after that. But it was just kind of like this hour of like, are we going to kill somebody? Because <laughs> that's how it felt. Uh, or just beat the crap out of them because it could have went either way. And the last story I think I want to share with you guys is a story of me and my cousin Brandon. Um, we were probably 16, 17. Uh, this is probably one of the wildest things I've ever done. Um, me and him were up late just about every weekend, um, always trying to get into something, do something crazy, do something borderline stupid. And one night we definitely succeeded. Uh, where my grandparents live um, is down a dirt road, but about a half a mile from that dirt road is a fire station. Coincidentally, the fire station that my grandfather worked at uh, and retired from. And so I think it was probably 2, 2.30 in the morning. Uh, me and Brandon snuck out of my grandmother's backyard uh, with a, a gas can, some paper towels, and some matches. And I am sure that some of you already see where this is going. So we ran down uh, the street, uh, again, about a half a mile from my grandparents' house, and he poured a line of gasoline uh, straight down the center of the road. Um, and I took a match and lit a paper towel, and we dropped it on that strip of gasoline, and we ran all the way back to the house. Now, the gasoline strip that he poured across that, that asphalt at 2.30 in the morning just so happened to be right in front of the fire station. Um, if I remember correctly, like dead center in front of it. <laughs> and these weren't no little flames. These were 10, 12 foot tall flames. So don't know whatever came of it because as soon as we lit it, we booked it. We ran faster than I don't know what. Uh, anytime we were ever in trouble like that or doing something stupid like that, Brandon would be the first person, maybe sometimes even the last person to, to start running, but he was always the first person back to the house. So he beat me by, at, back to the house by a long shot. But we ran as fast as we could, got back to Granny's backyard, uh, ran back I think, probably into the barn, laughed our tails off, uh, and then probably just went to bed after that. <laughs> you can't get any better than that. can't find a better way to end your night than lighting a road on fire. Um, but that's all I got for you guys. Uh, so I, I hope this gives you a, a decent idea of what I'm trying to do here you know I, I basically i i want to hear your stories i want to hear your about your life i want to hear whatever you want to share uh, so there's no pressure there's no expectation of you got to share your deepest darkest or you know your your favorite or you know i don't want you to throw anybody under the bus none of that i i just want to hear what you want to tell uh, so uh when as I invite you to, to come be a part of this, or if I do invite you to come be a part of this, keep in mind that, um, you know, I just want to hear you. I just want to be able to spend some time with you, learn something new about your life that hopefully I didn't know before, and hear some great, great stories, whether it's, you know, good, bad, ugly, everything in between, um, 
if it's uh, faith-driven stories, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to share, I want to know it. And if we got to take, you know, if, if you there's so much for you to share, we'll do two or three different episodes for you. And we'll, we'll make this thing last. Um, so this episode's probably going to be cut a little short just because it's just me rambling on. And it's the first time I've ever done this. Uh, so I hope it wasn't too, too terrible to sit through. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. Genuinely, I do. I really, really hope you enjoyed it. I hope that the stories I told were uh, worth your while. And I hope that you guys will come back for more and more episodes. Um, and I hope to, to get better and better and better at this podcasting thing. I'm, I'm still learning. There's still a lot for me to learn. And uh, I hope that you'll you'll listen in and, and hear my growth and, and watch me grow. Um, but all of your love, all of your support, all of your prayers, all of it means the world to me. Um, and I truly, truly appreciate it. So um, you guys have a good rest of your day. And thank you for tuning in.